Welcome to Advantage Over, the only global rugby podcast to help you become a better referee. Your host today is Keith Lewis. Are you ready? Time on. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Advantage Over podcast. It's great that you are with us and it's fantastic that we are back with another episode after a little bit of a winter break. Um, but we are back wow, and we've got a, um, a great interview coming up with a new referee. So if you're um, in the newbie referee camp um, rather than the um, aspiring high flyer camp, or perhaps that's both, um, but t- take a listen to um, our guest's story about how he got into refereeing and what it's been like in his first couple of weeks as a referee. Um, so we've had a bit of a break. Um, there's loads going on at the moment. We're obviously in the start of the Super Rugby season. We're at the um, we've just had the Six Nations kick off in all its different guises. The the men's, the women's, the under twenties are all in flow. Um, having a little bit of a break in terms of Pro 14 and Premiership. Um, but there's loads of rugby going on. So um, the Southern Hemisphere are back in game. The Northern's um, season is is well underway and, and, and mid-season. So there's loads of great stuff going on. There's refereeing um, to be done all over the place. So I hope you're having a good season, whether you're um, in the middle of it or just kicking off. Um, just a couple of things to flag before we head to our interview with Alistair. Um, firstly is um, a bit of a request, really. Um, I've had two requests. So the, the first one is, you might have seen, if you look at all our social media handles, um, regularly starting to use the uh, use the hashtag RefSquad. Um, that's because we want to build the community that is around refereeing. Yes, we know that um, many of you listening are members of your own societies or federations or, or unions, um, but we want to just make sure that there is a, a wider community around refereeing and the ref squad hashtags the one i've chosen to use and we're starting to use that so if you are um, wanting to be part of that and um, we've got a really growing and um, an active group on facebook and um, you're more than welcome to come and join us and um, we are keeping it just to referees though we've had a few non-referees try and sneak in but and for the time being, I just want it to be a safe place for referees for us to talk about the things that we want to talk about. There's loads of stuff outside of um, the referee discussions. Uh, loads of the content that we push out is for everyone. Loads of the conversations that we have um, is for everyone. But this one, for the time being, we're just keeping to referees. Um, and again, if you head to refsquad.com, um, that will bounce you into the Facebook um, homepage. And you can answer a couple of questions um, and I'll let you in as soon as I can. So do head over to that. Um, the other one is a bit more of a blatant um ask and a bit of a sell um so rugbyreferee.net has been around for um nearly six or seven years now now it makes no money whatsoever um but it does cost uh, me a little bit um every every year and i've said a little bit in terms of web costs in terms of email distribution costs in terms of podcast hosting costs and all that kind of stuff um i'm not asking for um sponsors although if you are out there with a, a, um, a product um or a service for referees and you'd like to sponsor the podcast drop us a line um but if you want to just um uh, add a little something to our um, coffee pot to to keep those coffers turning over and to and to help us keep bringing you all the content that we're doing. Um, then we've started um, to use a website called Buy Me a Coffee, um, and it is exactly that. It's exactly what it says on the tin. Um, it gives a chance to you, uh, the refereeing community, the listeners to the podcast, um, the the referees out there, the the people who just um, are part of the Facebook group. Whether you enjoy, you get our emails every week with the appointments or anything else that's going on. Um, it's just your chance to say. Um, thank you and, uh, and I guess uh, give a little something back um, to the cause to help us keep running so what you can do is you can head to rugbyreferee.net forward slash coffee 
and that'll bounce you to the way to um well frankly buy us a coffee um so i'm, I'm really grateful to those of you who have already done it it really does um um, help it just keeps me going i know that people out there are valuing the content that we're, we're bringing um, and the, the time and the effort that i put into to making all this happen so um, um thank you in advance um, for doing that thank you to those who have already done it i really 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 do appreciate it um and it, it just kind of helps us keep all the stuff going um obviously we want to build on what we do um as ever if you've got any ideas if you've got any um, suggestions as to what you want to hear about on this podcast, about things that we can do to help you. Um, we're, we, the reason we set out to, to create RugbyRefree.net, RugbyRefree.net, is to is to help you become better referees and to help the game better understand the world that we all live in and the, and the role that we have in the game. So hopefully we're doing that. We want to do more of it. So do give us your support. So with that. Um, Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the um, interview with Alistair. And we'll head over um, and see what he's got to say. So joining us on the podcast this week um, is something a little bit different. Um, I often, if you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, say to folk, if you've got a story and you want to tell, then by all means um, get in touch and we're we're happy to do that. Um, uh, My guest today um, did exactly that and dropped me a load a couple of weeks ago. Um, So Alistair Faulkner-Hall joins us from Oxford um, in England. Um, He's a new referee. Um, uh, We'll explain his journey. Um, He's five games into his his refereeing career. Um, So we thought for those of you out there perhaps listening and wanting to get into refereeing or wanted to um, listen to someone who's at the other end of their refereeing career. We had Wayne Barnes on the on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. Um, we like to, to cover everything from Barnesy downwards. So, um, Alistair, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Keith. Thank you for having me. Cool. So, um, let, let's just explain to folk how what your involvement in rugby has been up to this point. Well, um, I I started off fairly traditionally as as a player um started off in in mini rugby and played for 10 seasons um something like that um right up to uh senior second team type level and um probably not unusually for people of my age um went off went off to university and slightly drifted away from the game sadly um due to student life and and all these sorts of commitments. Um, and when I graduated, um, left university out into the working world, I um, missed the game, actually, I think it's fair to say. Um, having, watching it every autumn and every Six Nations, I was was missing it, but not really wanting to go back to playing. Um, I never never hit a very high level as a player, mm-hmm. and the, the thought just sort of crossed my mind, um, what are, what about refereeing? Great. Well, we're obviously obviously delighted to, to do that. Um, I mean, I mean that story is one that many people who are involved in in clubs up and down the country and around the world will will be familiar with. Is that people often um, do the mini and junior thing, stay stay close to it, and then head off, and then suddenly they vanish into the into the ether. And it's about getting getting people to stay in the game in whatever capacity. So uh, so we're glad you chose the refereeing route. Obviously, um, what did you do next? What was your your route into that thought from that thought process? process and getting into the system yeah, yeah um, I, to be honest for about a year I did absolutely nothing and I, <laughs> I regret that now actually um, it started off very much as a, as a thought you know actually I 
having been a having played for a long time and been a spectator for a long time um i always had a decent grasp of the laws i was being a, an armchair ref as we all are um mm. and you know i thought actually i could i could probably do this um in all truth wasn't really sure how to how to go about it um and for a for a year i had the thought and, and did nothing and the following six nations i thought had this thought again and and said to myself well actually i've let, let's get on and do something about this um and i vaguely remembered hearing that you know refs go out go off and do a course mm-hmm. so um looked it up on on the internet um worked out that the level two course was was what suited me best um and it was it was quite simply a case one evening of taking the plunge filling out the form online and, and getting myself booked on um and getting myself that course ready to go and do um and it's, it's probably worth just saying for for obviously the audience outside of england who might not be familiar with with level two so that's the rfu version of the uh, kind of beginner's referee course for adult rugby so um in in england which might be reflected in some of our, our other countries listening and um, we have a a beginner's course to refereeing kids which we call uh, level one um, and then we have the adult version which is level two you don't have to do level one to do level two um, some people like like Alistair have, have gone straight in and done the adult game for um, absolutely valid reasons if you if you a lot of people who start um, perhaps volunteering or being volunteered and uh, looking after their own kids as they go through um, their own re- their own playing and you end up refereeing often the level one the refereeing the children's game is a, is a great place to start so, so you ended up in the level two um, yeah, you had, you do had to go up to the Midlands to do that. I understand. I, uh, I I could have done a course at the rugby club up the road, but I was um, I think away on holiday that weekend. So um, I went up to, um, to to Birmingham to the course there, and that was a fantastic couple of days. Actually, um, well, yeah, two 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 Saturdays on separate weekends. Um, mm-hmm really really practical course in terms of there was a bit of time in the in the classroom talking about not really actually focusing much on laws Mm -hmm. they they ask you to do a laws test first of all um they assume a a reasonable level of knowledge so there's a bit of talk about what's expected of a referee but a lot of the time is actually out on the pitch um working in groups and getting used to managing a game and and refereeing um, uh, sort of running a game, which I found well really enjoyable, immensely helpful. It was uh, yeah, I, I felt in at the deep end to begin mm. with, actually, um, and came away from the first day of the course thinking, you know, goodness, what have I got myself into? Um, and came back the second day was a fortnight later, and uh, knowing what to expect a bit more threw myself into it and um, learned a huge amount. Prepared me really well, actually, for the community game. And with those level two courses in England, do they have sort of a, a fully stocked two sides for you to help referee as you do? How, how does that practical element do? Is it just you kind of refereeing your own little games? How, how does it work? Obviously very different. Those two things are very different. It's a, it's a, it's a tricky one um, on, the, on the practical side of things we you, you can't clearly have two teams of 15 turn up for you to referee so it's about they they try and get reasonable numbers on the course um and you are 
split into groups and have varying um you 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 each take a turn at refereeing your peers in various formats of games yeah. different different sizes um so i think on day one we started out on um rugby netball yeah. um just as a something to get us used to applying rules um and we gradually gradually move that up through touch rugby um to <laughs> i was going to say full contact we were never meant to be doing <laughs> full contact and they're um they're very open you know if, if there's anybody who feels they can't do contact that's that's absolutely fine but i was in a very enthusiastic group who um who sort of got stuck in um towards the end and you each take a, a rotation sort of five or ten minutes at a time refereeing uh, refereeing small group size and just getting into the swing of it great i mean it's obviously a, a start but a very different i guess from then going out of that those two weekends sort of simulated sessions into the into the real world so so how long was your gap between that second day um, and then getting out there refereeing a, a proper match longer than i would have liked actually um i obviously so i did my course in july and um clearly that's right in the the rugby off season um mm. I then went to uh, my local society, um, sort of got a, got through the application process, and um, many, I think, many referees in England will be familiar that September can be a slightly quiet month before mm. the community game sort of really gets going. So I had my first game right towards the end of September. So I had about a two-month gap, and. Um, I had a I had a lot of lot of doubts going into my first game. You suddenly think, well, hold on, we never did any lineouts on the course. <laughs> um, we uh, there was a there was a lot of focus on the course on scrums, clearly because it's an important safety area that sure. they need referees to be dealing with. Um, we spent a lot of time managing a game, but um, you suddenly think, um, well, hold on, I've. I've never had to keep score on a scorecard. I've never had to run a watch. Um, and uh, all these little things, you think, well, how am I going to get on with that? And at the end of the day, you, you throw yourself into it. You you get used to it and um, get there in the end. So I, I guess that's that's a, gr- a great starting introduction. So what what was it like? How did you end up with your first game? Was that through Oxfordshire? Was it a, a, you just found one on a, a Sunday at your local rugby club? What What happened? Uh, my first game was was through the Oxfordshire Society, so um, I um, actually play touch rugby with an Oxfordshire referee um, who has been immensely supportive, ever so grateful to him, um, and he invited me along. Uh, Oxfordshire has a monthly um, development meeting, which is mm-hmm. is brilliant, um, so I went along to that, talked to the right people about getting set up on um, the appointment system, and sort of put my name down on that and was appointed to my first fixture that way i i wish i had got down to my local rugby club and um offered my services but um this at the time seemed like an easier way of going about it when you then get an appointment coming through saying here's your first ever rugby game and oh by the way it's it's a league game you think goodness me okay (laughs) No, no pressure deep end sort of stuff um uh i wish in hindsight i had spent some time maybe with the youth section at my local club uh refereed some of the age grade teams where sometimes they struggle to 
to get referees appointed. Mm-hmm. Um, but one way, one way or another, I've I've got some games under my belt, and really glad I did. And, and did the society send someone along with you on on day one? Did you? Was it someone you knew? Yeah. Well, um, I was in a in a in a. I, I I'm never quite sure if it was circumstance or planned that way, but um, um, my uh, my colleague who I play touch rugby with happened to be refereeing uh, the first team of the home side that I refereed. Um, so actually, I had him, he was refereeing rather than sort of a, sort of watching me, but I had him on site uh, helping me out with all the preparatory stuff on, on match day, which, I mean, I, I'm far from an experienced referee. I still get nervous before games. I suspect we all do in in a way. Um, as, 20, as the 20, players, twenty two years into this game, and I still get nervous before every game, yeah. whether I'm in the middle or or, or a, in a in a TV truck or anywhere else. So yeah, it's a it's a good thing to have. Um, but it was it was brilliant just to help me manage those nerves on on day one when you're never quite sure what to expect and and how it'll all pan out. Uh, and what was the big thing from week one when you when you were prepping for it what was the thing that happened in that first time when you when you arrived at that club to I guess to the to the end of it what was the thing that you just hadn't expected when and you, when you're prepping for it obviously you you pick pack your kit bag um you you, you expect you go through the the stuff that you learn on the course and the, the sort of game areas but was that was there one or two things that perhaps jumped out and you thought god I just didn't even think about that well There, there are there are there are lots of things. There are lots of things. I was absolutely dreading that that first game in the week leading up to it, um, to the extent that you know you're you're thinking about it sometimes during during the working week. And by chance, it was our monthly development meeting, the Wednesday before. Um, and I had a chat with a few people nervously beforehand, and somebody said to me, "Do you know what? Just." Just it's your first game. We've all got to have a first game. Get out there and enjoy it. And I thought, actually, you know, I am doing this for the enjoyment. Um, so the enjoyment's got to got to come top. And that was certainly something I wasn't expecting because often within the society, you expect the focus to be on refereeing standards and and doing a good job. And of course, that's a function of them. But they also have a huge support role to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took all the pressure off me. And I, I suddenly found myself sort of on the Thursday really looking forward to to the weekend. Um, what did I expect on the day? L- lots of lots of little things, really. Um, my colleague who was with me that day uh, said to me, you, you quite often get these little comments, uh, the, the local knowledge about the teams you're refereeing. And he said to me, just watch their um just watch their captain he can he can be a little bit lippy sometimes bit bit talkative um and uh it, that was ever so well intentioned but um it's terrifying as a new ref because <laughs> that, that that can be anything from the scale of a of a bit cheeky to sort of you know a bit too forceful in the case of some captains um and I, I thought, well, how am I going to deal with this then? Um, and it, in actual fact, we, I, 
I built up a, a great sort of working relationship with both captains from minute one and sort of really enjoyed the game, not just from the refereeing point of view, but getting involved with all the personalities as well. Mm. No, that's, that's it's a great, and it's, it's a great skill to do if you can do that consistently week in week out. Um, because when you rock up, you are on your own. Um, it takes a long time for you to to end up a re, a, as a referee when you've got ARs. Never mind anyone else to, to their support. So you are on your own. So you have to find ways of developing those working relationships. Which is a fantastic way of putting it. Um, with those, that that is your team of three, uh, you and, mm. and two captains, and then any other friendly friendly foes you can gather into that pack as well. If you've got a pack leader or a friendly wily old fox who can help you out, um, it's, it's a great way of. To, it's a great thing to know up front and to identify them and use them to, to good effect. I'd tell you the other, um, I say unexpected, it, it shouldn't have been unexpected, unexpected. It, it was, was sort of first kick to touch. Um, I thought, hold on a minute, I've got no touch judges here. Um, <laughs> and of course, it was a, it was a, it was a beginner's mistake of forgetting to appoint them. And I'm, I'm still doing that now. I'm hoping I might get the hang of that one because um, they are, they are invaluable sometimes. Mm-hmm. They might not be very Ooh. good, but <laughs> having yeah, yeah. somebody there to put their hand up at the key point is a is, is a crucial part. So uh, I, those are the, there's some good things. Were the, did you make any clangers? Have we got any clanger stories to tell us yet? Well, that you, that they everyone else knows about. I think we all make mistakes, and we know we make mistakes. But did anyone else notice? Yeah, I. I don't. I don't think I've had any. Well, maybe that sounds a bit arrogant. I don't. I don't think I've had any absolute shockers. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of realizing now that um, there is so much um, subjectivity, really, in in refing, as we all know, and and the the pundits on TV like to present things as very black and white. Um, and really, there is so much room for interpretation in this game. Um, I had a couple of instances in that first game. Um, I can remember a player made a line break, uh, dropped the ball. It looked very much to me like he dropped it onto his foot. Um, so I took the view, play on, that that's a kick. Um, and he, he, he played on, picked up and scored. Um, I had a couple of players saying to me, was was that a knock on there, sir? Um, and I said to them, well, no, to me, it was a kick. Um, so so play on. Uh, and that's where you realise actually that um, <laughs> there's always going to be one team who might be very convinced that you've got it wrong. And, mm-hmm. and that's where it's important to back yourself and, and stick to your guns. Um, because we all interpret what we see, and and sometimes there are things you don't see, which mm. therefore you can't interpret. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, get, getting through those difficult conversations is obviously part of it. And would you would you still have given those that that knock on or or interpret as a kick? Would you do anything differently going going forward? Oh, gosh, gosh, you've asked me now. I I think yes, I would. I I think yes, I would. Um, I, I'm going to go away after this chat and look up the correct answer in the laws, um, which I should have done straight after my first game. But um, yeah, I wouldn't change that. I don't think. Cool. I mean, understanding the laws and what they intend to do is, of course, and what they actually say are often two very different things. Slightly, 
and, and all those things come with experience. So, um, if that's all we're talking about after after game one and and four or five games in now, then that's a that's no that's no bad thing. So so take take that with the the credit that uh, you've earned. So I guess five five games in or five matches in so far this season. What what are the kind of big takeaways that you've either taking forward now or that you've learned so far? <clears throat> well. Um... You can't buy experience. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no easy way to it, and I think experience is really, really important. Um, and there's no way of, there's no way of shortcutting that. It was, I'm a listener to your your podcast, Keith, and I think you, when you chatted to Wayne Barnes um, during the Rugby World Cup warm-ups, he said that he started very, very young. Um, and I'm sure that's a huge factor in why he's such a great ref now is mm-hmm. that he's been doing it for a long, long time. Um, and he's got a lot of games. For me, um, I have, I've recently had my first um, assessment or ad- advisory um, ad- advisors yeah. um, monitoring me. So I have got some work ons um, and what I'm really keen to take forward now is, is applying those um developing me as a as a referee uh i'm also very keen to get a lot of enjoyment out of it and it's it's i thought it in my first couple of games i realized that if nothing else um in the community game you're facilitating 30 plus rugby players to have a game of rugby and and enjoy their afternoon they they can't do it without you um and that's a really really um sort of worthwhile valuable thing and something the refereeing community ought to be very proud of i think i mean i'm I'm glad you've said that because it saved me from doing it i mean look we are the vast majority of of those listening to the podcast those who are refereeing do so purely for that there's no money in refereeing unless you are at the top end of the game and you've you you've built a career out of it um so that is why we all do it because we want to still stay involved in this great game of ours that we that we truly love and this is the this is the way we've chosen to to do it so um it's a great way of doing it and if if that's your approach to refereeing and and your both your approach Alistair and, and those of you listening um if that's your approach then you'll be fine because the game needs you to do that and to kind of do exactly what you've just said. 30 players also volunteer. They're not getting paid for it either, um, on the whole, um, to get out there and enjoy their 80 minutes and then their couple of hours away from the pressures of um, everyday life, and they, they've chosen to do that. So it's, it's a great thing to, to do, and please don't ever lose that in your refereeing. So I guess I guess the question for you: You're you're in your late twenties now, if I'm allowed to say, mid to late twenties. Um, what what's your ambition? Have you got ambitions to to hit the big time? Well, um, <laughs> I think I probably um, quite like the idea when I was when I was getting booked on my course. Um, it is. I always appreciated it. it was exceptionally hard to get there. Um, having actually refereed a few games of rugby now, I appreciate why it's so difficult mm-hmm. getting there. Um, uh, as we've said, for me, it's um, uh, it's uh, something I do for enjoyment. You know, um, outside of work, I would love to to take it all the way, um, climb up the levels, and and as you say, maybe maybe hit the big time. Um, but not to the extent that I stop enjoying it, actually. Um, and I think 
you know we all we all know when that point comes and we all know when we've we've reached that level um and i mean i look at some of the the really top level elite referees now who are have probably got lots of top level level refereeing left in them and are um are are turning away and i, I guess for them it's it's that's a part of it is um They've done lots of years with all the pressure and and the being under the microscope. So, yeah, in a very roundabout way of answering your question, um, I'd I'd love to kick on. Um, I'd I'd love to to reach those heights, but let's see where we go, sort of thing. Good stuff. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your your story. Hopefully, that's inspired anyone who's found the podcast and thinking, well, um, is refereeing for me? Hopefully, you've explained that it's a it's a great way of staying involved in the game. So, thank you for doing that. If it's inspired anyone listening to to follow the lines, um, there there is on the on rugbyrefereeing.net website, we've got a, a sort of world map of of societies and and places to go to to help you get that direction and get your foot in the door at least to to get you into the right union to the right bit of the the web so um do check out the um that page on the website and put the the link in the show notes to do that but alistair thank you very much for joining us pleasure um i might just could i can i mention one thing to share with aspiring refs please do Uh, is i've touched on it earlier on but it's um if any if anybody any listeners out there are thinking of it just go for it um it's it's a can be a daunting thing to a lot of people, um, but grab a whistle, go to your local club, um, help out, um, get involved, uh, book on a course, just go for it. Um, you will, you'll not, you'll not regret it. Brilliant! That's some some great advice there from Alistair. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. We look forward to watching your name um, um, going up the ranks over the next couple of years. Fantastic! Thanks, Keith. So uh, I hope you agree that was a really insightful um, conversation with, with Alistair. Um, I certainly enjoyed it. It took me uh, way back in my refereeing career and, and remember those those early games and the experiences that we learned from it. So thank you very much for that. Um, you might um, have, have thought about one of the examples that we talked about, um, about the, 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 the incident in the game that Alistair talked about where he saw the player drop the ball and turned it into a kick. Um, I did sort of challenge him on that and I didn't want to go too far with that but um, it is one of those things we talked about it afterwards and he's fine with me sharing it with you but if, if you are seeing that it's quite clear um, from experience is that how you deal with those scenarios and it's just one of those things that um, until you have the conversation or somebody points it out to you it's the sort of thing you kind of stick with um, Alistair's, Alistair's logic in saying it was a kick you're likely to stick with that um, but over time we know that rulings have been made and the advice has been been cleared up um, and one of the things that we've were told right from throughout my refereeing career and in others is, is that it's one of those things you can't do you can't turn a knock on into a kick to get away with it so yes Alistair was um, right to, to carry on in the, in the way that he did but I think we had a conversation afterwards and I just wanted to um, just wrap that one back up at the end of the podcast so really grateful for Alistair sharing that um, thank you again for, for allowing us to, to pick apart that one minor thing but as we said in the, in the interview with him if that's all we're talking about at the end of the first couple of games, it's really, really small stuff. So it's fantastic that we can iron those little bits out of the game. We can help other referees to um, not make the same, I guess, errors or, or to become a more firm in those decisions and to clarify that. Um, yeah, we're really grateful. So thanks very much. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the Advantage Over podcast. 
Thanks for listening to the Advantage Over podcast from RugbyReferee.net. We hope you've enjoyed the content that we brought to you this week. What we'd really appreciate is your likes, rates and reviews, wherever it is you found it, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn. Please head over there and leave us a review. We really do appreciate those. Um, we'd also um, ask you to tell your referee colleagues, friends, community um, th- about this podcast. This is the only rugby referee podcast out there, um, so we hope to get to more earbuds um, over time. We'd also love your feedback um, and your suggestions and your comments. So please let us have them. Um, you can either email us at ref at advantageoverpodcast.com um, or you can find us through the rugbyreferee.com net website um, or through twitter at rugby referee net which is the same handle you'll find on instagram as well we're in all those places so please do let us know what you think let us know what you want um, and how we can help you become better referees in the future so for now that is advantage over <laughs>